Vittori just, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was like, uh, it was like on, on his subtle shake, he's like trying to like get this beast to fucking like get, essentially gas out, right? Yeah. Because he was like blocking everything. And like when he was blocking, he was countering everything right back with like his little like solid cover punches, just pop, 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 get into him. They weren't all cool. Yeah. The ones yeah. that were cool, you see Costa just like, oh shit. This dude is still, he's still, like, he's still pretty good, you know. But the size, the thing was, the size difference, too. Yeah. Costa was enormous. Enormous. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, That shit was, that was like, that was like, sorry. Yeah, that was like the thing that was just like, like, he's still pretty fucking good, even until the fifth round for a dude that big, at that kind of speed, you know what I'm saying? He was still just as deadly in the last round as he was in the first. And I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, that's what made the fight good and, like, dramatic to me. Um, Coaches just joined us on uh, the podcast. So, coaches, I I saw Costa, you know, just taking deep breaths in the first round, right? Um, I fell asleep going into the fourth round. I heard it was an amazing fight. Every shot that up until I fell asleep, Costa was throwing like leg kicks like fucking a madman. He, he was so fucking big. Um, coaches, did you think that this was going to happen? What did you think going into this? I, I knew that he was going to be tired and that Vittori was going to end up winning a decision. Uh, unless Costa knocked his head off in the first round, I just didn't think that he would continue that kind of pace. Yeah, I definitely did undersell Marvin going into this because all I remember was he beat Hermanson, who has lost to a lot of guys, and I was kind of discrediting that in my own mind. Yeah. And I was looking at his fight with Romero, mm-hmm. watched that a few times throughout the week, and I was like, these two are on completely different levels. There's no way Marvin's going to beat him. Even though the weight changed, that was still a plus for Paolo because it changed for him. So it was all set up for Paolo. And Marvin just went in there. The game plan, I don't know, Costa really started to come into himself in round four and five. Mm-hmm. And you would have seen, like, round five, Costa's amazing. Okay. Like, if he opened up like that, Mm-hmm. and just made those adjustments maybe in round two or three when they actually became apparent that those were adjustments that needed to be made then mm. they could have easily won the fight even though he got the point taken because even though Marvin had a great chin on him and he was taking thunder shots for the whole fight there was no way he was going to take all of that if you put 15 minutes of round five on Marvin's chin, like he wasn't going to take it. Okay. There was a lot for Marvin because Marvin had every adjustment perfect. He was focused, he didn't get angry. Like you saw at the start, the second past the steps in the cage, they were at each other's throats. Yeah. And then Marvin just kept a level head and completely took over the fight. And by round three, he already had a one. Yeah. No way Costa was going to come back after round three. Because Marvin was up 40 to what, 36? Or 30 to 26? Mm. So you can't really come back from that. And you could see even Costa. 
than the last round when he needed to throw. Yeah. Like, he needed to throw the bombs that he's able to throw. And he did. And he landed some of them. He wobbled Vittoria one or two points, even though you can't really see it because Vittoria was just underselling it because he was so focused and angry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kevin. He could have just... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, coaches. Um, Kevin, should this fight have been even made? Should this have continued? The guy was gifted 20 pounds. Um, if anything, I'm, I'm pissed, but also I'm so impressed with Waleed as a manager because he got his fighter an extra almost 40 pounds. He was apparently like 230 on fight night, which he looked every fucking pound of. Um, and, Dana White is the only one saying, like, oh, he's just going to fight at 205 from now on. And it's like, bro, no, he's not. He's going to fucking fight at whatever kind of weight class he wants. He just made you his bitch this whole week. Should this fight have even happened? I mean, it was, uh, it, you know, because pretty much Wally was just like, let's call him on the fucking front, right? Wally yeah. Was just like, they, they want this fight more than. Like, we want to fight, too, right? And Paula did show up like that. Yeah. But they were just like, they want this fight more than we kind of really give, give a shit for it. Because keep in mind, like, for this fucking Casa was uh, a side of uh, Whitaker. That's a way more high-profile fight. Yeah. And they kind of filtered down to Brunson. And then after, was it Brunson? And then after Brunson, That's he, right. he kind of, like, he, he was, like, left with Victoria and shit. So... Pretty sure Costa was just like, yeah, like uh, coaches MMA was saying, this dude's just not on my level. Look at this fucking war I had with Romero. Sure, that Izzy shit was a fuck up, but I'm still a fuck. I'm still a big guy, you know. Yeah. And, but but no, and, but that was cool because like Marvin was right there toe to toe. Marvin was just like, I'll fight this motherfucker oh. any fight. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He was just like, yeah, dude. Marvin, he. He, he killed it, dude. He, he everything like I, I was like digging his depression. You know what it was? It's uh, like it was like whenever you lose to Izzy, somebody like Izzy, how like if, if like him or hate him, you know what I'm saying? I like I'm in no one Izzy, but he's so goddamn good. He really is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and this fight proved fucking good. He Izzy is man, and it also and it's also a testament to yeah like. Marvin, Marvin has like kind of like a, a glorious chin. He has like a legendary fucking yeah. Because like, and fucking Izzy could get him out of there. Paul is gonna get him out. Like nobody can really get this dude out. Of there, yeah, you know. Yeah. And that's the one thing like, that I will give credit to. Um, I didn't like that he took this fight. I thought it was a very stupid decision. I thought Aliyah yeah. Belaziz could have done more. I feel like this kind of exposed Ali as being kind of like a USC kind of like henchman, like not really being a manager. Um, I don't know. I didn't like that he took it. He he made a really good bet on himself and he won. But if this would have been on the wrong side of things, it could have been so bad. It could have been so bad. And I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm happy he won, I guess. Uh, it was stupid. This is meaningless at the end of the day. This has no implications whatsoever in the picture at 185. Um, it just... I mean, is that, is that so? I, I, I think, like, Marvin would at least take the spot. 
and the and the like they'd move them at least up to number two or three in the um yeah for sure but i mean he's still he's not gonna be able to fight izzy anytime soon right so he's still on square one because paulo is not like paulo needs to be taken off the rankings right now right off the bat right yes yes so like they they did the same thing to uh osp Whenever OSP moved to heavyweight and he fought um, Ben Rockwell, he lost. And he was ranked, I think, 15 at the time. Mm. Yeah. So And then he moved back down and then he beat a dude. And then he, and his fight afterwards, he lost to Jamal, uh, Jamal Hill. But yeah, they should, they should do that. If, if wherever. I mean, I guess they... I, do you know what I think he's going to do, him and you know, Wally? I think they're going to just keep from They're going to be like, no, we're fighting at 85 just so they can have that number. Because if he does move up to 205, it's like, in a sense, he does sacrifice that number. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he he's still they, – they could still have him ranked up. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <sighs> they could, but if Dana's going to keep to his word, which, you know, is utter bullshit at this point, um and saying that Paulo's gonna stay at two oh five, I at least gotta see one fight at two oh five, right? Um yeah, I mean yeah, 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 the sure. shit. I don't know. I mean What's that coaches? Yeah, Santos. Santos. Yeah. You want Paulo fighting at two oh five. Oof. Who doesn't want to see that fight right now? You're right. You're right. That's a really good fucking fight at two oh five. I mean there's lots of really good fights for Paulo. Diego Santos. Yeah. Tiago? Oh, Tiago. I mean, uh, you, you give him a top, I, I'd say like top 10 in light heavyweight. Yeah, uh, maybe the, uh, uh, Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes. That would be a really good fucking fight. That would be a really fun fucking fight. That'd be interesting, because, I mean, Reyes, he's, uh, he's, not, he, he's the tall-ass motherfucker, but he's, like, really the biggest, you know? Uh, um, BDH MMA says Costa versus Span. Kutalaba. Span? Oh, Kutalaba. Oh, you can totally do Kutalaba. But, I mean, Kutalaba is, like, on the lower end of the spectrum, wouldn't you say? I mean, I yeah, like but, I mean... Kutalaba just had that amazing fight, though. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, Kutalaba is gonna still be up there. Yeah, he just had that really good fight. It was more of a showcase fight. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's lots of really fun fights at 205. I think you're yeah. starting to look at 205 fun fights, and I don't know. If, I don't know what the UFC plans on doing with him because if he doesn't, if he had gone out there and lost right away, which I feel like, you know, if he didn't have 40 fucking pounds on Vittori, um he would have lost uh, easily. It, I don't know. Like, I would have cut him. I would have cut him. Like, yeah, he's fucking big, you know, a big deal. But holy shit, I, I just don't even understand. Yeah, I, I, I just don't get it. Um, it was, it was, it was uh, definitely like it was probably some of the most spiciest behavior I've seen out of a fighter in recent memory. And like, <laughs> yeah, well, and, it was moving a card from. Vegas to California was close, really. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and like, the thing is, it's just like, UFC was just taking it on the chin. It's just, it's just like, fuck, we need this fight, dude. You haven't fought in a year. You know, it's just like, yeah, how they needed that. 
It's just like the UFC at that point. They were just like, dude, I'll be damned if you're gonna we're gonna fucking pay your shit contract without you fighting you bastard, you know? And, and hey, man. Regardless, uh, yeah, I know that's the thing. Costa didn't really lose any stock as well because he didn't get knocked out or anything. He still fought a decent he fight. Put on a great show. Yeah, he see. Yeah, yeah, and he came out. And that's yeah. That thing, it's like. They, they're, I don't know if they're necessarily on the bad end with this guy, but it's definitely kind of like, it's on the spectrum with him, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, I mean, hey, dude, I'm, I'm down to see his next one, whatever it is. But, hey, big ups Marvin. It's, uh, he, he, yeah, I mean. Did you guys see that meme whenever when uh, Marvin was flicking off Apollo? Somebody replaced the middle fingers with uh, the emoji. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Nah, hey, I'm happy for him. Um, I'm glad he got a payday. Um, the UFC gave him one of the bonuses, uh, fight of the night bonuses or performance bonus. Uh, good for him. Uh, very much a clear, like, uh, kind of slight to Paulo because they didn't give him fight of the night. They only gave him uh, uh Vittori performance of the night. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what gets done out of this. Uh, you know, it, it was a really fun fight, uh, but it had no implications. So I was kind of like, well, I, honestly, the prelims were so fun to me that I was just ecstatic all the way through. And then Fedor came on. And, like, I just gassed out. We were talking about 14 fights. Half of them went to decision. Like, bro, we're talking about, like, seven hours. Like, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to take a nap sometimes, and it's sometimes going to be at the main event. And that's what happened this time. Yeah. Um, I saw yeah. it. It was a good fight. But, come on, I'm, I'm not going to be watching all this shit live all the fucking time. Um, Dude, I, uh, yeah, I missed a lot of the prelims. I started my fight uh, day... Just essentially watching Fedor just uh, melt Tim, that, that Tim dude, dude. That is the perfect <laughs> leeway into this. So, coaches, did you catch Fedor do Tim Johnson dirty like that in Russia? I saw the highlight the first second it was put up. Like, I saw the actual knockout itself. I didn't see the rest of the fight. And oh, I didn't man. get to see some of the UFC card either. I had to go out. Hey, it'd be like that. Um, so I'll paint a picture for everybody at home, all two of you. There was Fedor coming out in Russia, full-ass crowd. Fedor comes out. The crowd starts roaring. Fedor is being stoic, doesn't say anything to anybody, goes into the cage. Immediately as he goes into the cage, he gets quiet. Tim Johnson goes forward. Fedor counters him and then gets two solid punches. I'm I'm so impressed at the speed of Fedor at 45 years old. Holy shit. People are saying, people are talking shit about Tim Johnson. Like, yeah, whatever. Dude, that was fast no matter what. It was a Fedor poker on another level, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. See how long he was reaching out? Oh, my like, God. You, it, you could have stepped back at least three feet and he was still going to catch you clean on the jaw. Yep. You, and the thing was, right. it was a three piece. It was a three piece. It was a left straight. Yeah. And then, and then I think it was like a, two hooks. A, it was like a check, a left check. It was, so it was the trick. It was the straight, a left check. So it was already a two piece. And by the time the fucking right yeah. hook was going 
That thing was like a slingshot. That thing was a yeah. It went straight through the head. Dude, it was like it was like it was like on some Izzy shit. You know how like Izzy leans back yeah. and just like throws his hip in a hook. It was yeah. like that, but it was moving forward. And yeah. I was like, oh, dude, he melted that man. Yeah, and, and I'll, I, it was it was like it just seemed like the MMA guys were just like everything that's supposed to happen that you want to happen will happen tonight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no, it wasn't no brutal knockout of Marvin, which was. Honestly, like a low key fear in me watching that one. It wasn't uh, a crazy weird knockout like uh, Vader did to Fedor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It wasn't like a major upset. Fucking uh, the Usman Nurmagomedov first round submission. It's just like everything you wanted to happen happened, and it, yeah, yeah, yesterday was just like, had a great fight. Yeah. Uh, Fedor Emelianenko's team. Uh, I forgot what it's called. I think it might be just like Fedor team. They went three and zero for the night. Uh, you're right. Usman Nurmagomedov went out there. It was a showcase by uh, Patrick uh, Patricky or pa- Patrick or Patricky, something like that. Um, but yeah, he got a rear naked choke real quick in the first round. Um, today, also on the Nurmagomedov note, it marks one year since Khabib Nurmagomedov has retired. So that was one year ago today that he beat Justin Gaethje. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Usman Nurmagomedov made off looks really good. Now it's okay. Like you got a good, easy fight in you. Now I want to see you against competition. Like you got your nice layup fight in Russia. Yeah. Now let's yeah, see you yeah. fight somebody because now you're ranked. You're ranked number seven. You don't need to be fighting no names anymore. Who do you? Who do? You, ooh. All right. So check this out. You know how like uh, uh, Pitbull's shitty brother for some reason is fighting for the belt. Like, Against uh, that Gallagher guy? Yeah. Maybe, maybe you try to, like, squeeze him in there somehow. Since you said he's seven, right? Yeah. He, he, he essentially just, he's been on a fucking trailblazing path in Bellator, like, just essentially killing everybody, dude. Kind of like getting him into title contention. Because yeah. then at that point, you could have somebody like AJ who's, like, like, Talking about moving up to 155, then you could we could potentially a couple of years down the road be seeing a fight like AJ McKee versus fucking Usman Nurmagomedov. Yeah, that would be. You know what I'm saying? That would be fucking That's insane. Like, <laughs> that would be dope. That would be so fight. fucking dope. Yeah, All right. Like, and like that's the thing with age. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll move <laughs> on from that real quick because Usman Nurmagomedov was going to be a little bit of a point later on, but. Yeah. Coaches, did you end up hearing about Kevin Lee uh, being sanctioned for not disclosing his Adderall prescription early enough? Uh, so I think it's the I think it's in Nevada. Nevada State Athletic Commission says that he has been suspended for six months because he did not disclose his Adderall uh, prescription. He later goes on and admits it uh, and then says, like, hey, I disappointed everybody. It was my intention. Flushes his pills down his toilet uh, or his sink or whatever. I missed the last 10 seconds of that. Oh, he uh, he admitted that he had forgotten to disclose it in time. It wasn't his intention to cheat. Um, And then he flushed the pills down the toilet and... I don't know. He's been sanctioned for six months now from when he last fought. Yeah. Um, I remember I read it 
when it when he posted it because I'm following Kevin. Um, a fan of him like as much as I used to not be fond of him. I do like him in the cage. I think he's a great fighter. Mm-hmm. But he just needs to get pieces together, and I feel like those ADHD is a good. Like it makes sense when you see he hasn't put all the pieces together. Mm-hmm. And that he now has Adderall. So maybe if he's able to get an exemption, nice Keith Peterson sticker. Um, but if he is able to get an exemption from Sada, be allowed to use Adderall. Mm-hmm. I think he can start putting pieces together very well. And he can realize his potential because we saw him go from unbeaten prospect to veteran in like five, six years, not even. And he went through like so many phases and it feels like we've seen at least six phases of Kevin Lee. Mm-hmm. Like when he was shit talking Michael Chiesa and you know the last few fights he's been kind of humble but he's still kind of shit talking. Yeah, I think you just need this and it might be the final piece because it's the focus that he needs and that's what the drug is for. Like, I watched Big Mouth and they hit it on Adderall. Kevin, do you think... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, coaches. Kevin, do you think that was an unfair advantage? Do you think he meant to not disclose it in time? Uh, what do you? How do you feel about the whole uh, Kevin Lee just like kind of downfall? I mean, coaches is right; he was undefeated at one point, just kind of went downhill. It, 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 I feel like he's like the RG three of. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, of MMA. And remember, remember when RG three joined uh, NFL? I don't know if you guys want football, but he was like supposed to be the shit, oh, right? Football. Yeah, he was supposed to be the shit, and uh, he just didn't come through. It just seems like Kevin Lee was supposed to be the shit years yeah. ago. You know, and like even like even like in like 2019 when he knocked out Gillespie, it was just like, oh my fucking god, let's go! Here comes mm-hmm. Kevin Lee. Yep. And he just he just gets stopped by by people he shouldn't get stopped by. D- don't get me wrong, D Rod's the man. Daniel Rodriguez was fucking on fire that night. And like, and Kevin put it on. Like, you, you just see how fucking he, how fast he is for a dude that big and that stature. That motherfucker's fast. Mm. But it's just yeah, like like I said, just like as far as like putting that shit together, man. He's he's he, it's like something. He's like it's always like he's always at a mental lapse. Just like, and in, in, in every every part of his career, like, if if he needs something like Adderall to just kind of get by at that point, it's just like, wh- wh- where are we going with this dude? Because at this point, he's essentially like a gray area gatekeeper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People are now finding him to just kind of be relevant now. Mm. You know. And and that's and that's gonna be looking forward at 170, you know, because I, you saw he looked comfortable at 170, you know, and I just don't think we're gonna get the best Kevin Lee for what he's got, especially with the Adderall situation. If um, we're gonna take him down to, to me in my opinion, the most winnable division 
you know? Yeah. Because to me, I just feel like 170 is just, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, man, he's just, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But, I mean, uh, God bless him, you know, I'm pretty sure, I feel like somebody like Kevin Lee isn't, like, doing this shit just to fucking be tweaking all night, you know? I'm yeah. pretty sure he seems like, like, he seems like a hypersensitive ass dude, but I could be wrong, man, you know? Yeah. And Kevin Lee's character has shown that time to time, like, it's like, he can't be kind of like a doucher, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, that being said, I mean, he's, that Gregor Gillespie shit was amazing, but I mean. Bro, he dude. ruined my fucking night. I was, he, I was all about Gregor Gillespie, like, dude, this yeah. is the best wrestler. He's gonna maul my boy, like, he's. He's gonna show you what, and then Kevin Lee goes out there and fucking knocks his head out. Like, I was so upset, but yeah, you're right. Um, you know, I hope that Kevin Lee is. Uh, I, I'm a very big proponent. I think on the show and through anything that purvey, like, yeah, I like talking shit, man, because it's fun talking shit. And MMA is fucking weird, and that's kind of like the symbiosis of MMA and anything involved. It's it's got to be a little weird and a little shit talky, but also these people sacrifice their bodies for our entertainment, and I wish them nothing but the best. Uh, you know, mental health is the one thing that gets very very uh, brushed under the rug when it comes to MMA, and I wish they did more to kind of be like, hey, it's okay to not be okay. Uh, so Kevin Lee facing any kind of struggles, but. Uh, with that being said, I've also tweaked out on Adderall. I've done two after a fucking bender working a double at a restaurant and then like went rails deep at a club. Like Adderall can do that to you if you are not prescribed it. So do I think he needed it? I do think he needed it. I don't think he was doing it to do that. Um, but if he wasn't though, that is so completely fucked. That is synthetic mesh. Like, so I don't think he was trying to do that in all fairness, but let's be real. Like Adderall is not something to play around with. That's why it's uh, America's college's favorite drug. Let's be real. So um, during the broadcast yesterday, UFC 271 was announced where there was no Tony and no Nate. Uh, Dana White said in the presser that there was a fight coming up for Nate, but it was not Tony Ferguson. Also, that this is Nate's last fight on his contract. Why is this means. not make? Why is this not being made? Because McGregor's going to be out for a long ass time. So why would you not make this? You don't think you don't think uh, good old Conor Boy comes back uh, fight week twenty twenty two. You're talking about January, the first January pay-per-view. Oh, wait. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I'm talking about uh, summer. Summer, like the summer of 20. He comes back this summer, but why would you not make Nate versus Tony in California in Anaheim? Oh, no, no. I mean, I'm pretty sure Nate wants to fight, but if this is his last fight, you gotta, you gotta, you kind of have to, like, do it on some real shit. And, like, the realest shit you can get is the trilogy. Come on, come on! I've been waiting for this thing for years now, dude. It's been how long? Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Five fucking years, dude. I've been waiting five fucking years, and you're telling me you're not gonna do it on Nate's last fight of his contract. 
Coaches, do you agree with Kevin? Am I being too sensitive? Is that the fight to make over Nate versus Tony in Anaheim? Um, I'm sorry. No disrespect. I love Luke, but Luke ain't getting the Nate fight. Yeah. Luke destroys Nate handedly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think it would be. After after what after Nick's last fight, I kind of don't want to see him fight anymore. I think he can if he wants to. I just need to see him want to destroy somebody. I'm I'm done watching him. Uh, it's very much how I feel about Fedor. I I wish he would have retired after that because it's a it's a walk off KO in Russia. Like and yeah, it's almost like leave them wanting more, not. Oh, you've overstayed your welcome, you know. And yeah. I love Fedor, and I want to. Wa- I would love to keep on watching him fight. I would love to see DC still fighting. But what about what about um, Fedor versus uh, Fedor? <sighs> Maybe Fedor versus Fedor versus Stipe. Who's arguing with this? Fedor versus Stipe. I got Stipe. If I'm being honest, Fedor versus Stipe. Yeah, I got Stipe. Stipe 42 already? No, Stipe's not 40. Stipe's not, Stipe's like 36. Stipe's gotta be 38. Let's see. 39. He's 39. Okay, 39. So he is close enough in age, I think. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. Scott Coker, I think, gets so much shit. And I really do think he's trying his best to just make an MMA organization that's respectable and good to the fighters. Um, hey, and that is true. I mean, yeah, but I just, but also, yeah, he goes about it in such a bad way. Like, yeah. you, your MO cannot be, hey, let's poach off of this person's talent. <laughs> like, your kind of thing, like, why don't you create a Dana Waits contender series? Like, why don't you find a little home base somewhere oh, and foster talent from within? Um, I don't know. It It's sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the ultimate fighter, it's one of those very much like lightning strikes when it strikes. Um I think that it needs to be something more concise, like, hey, we're gonna fight and we're gonna give them a contract and then the next time they're in the big game. But from there, uh I think it needs to be uh like just don't worry about it being like a reality show just get your fights in and get them out and get them in there um kevin was disconnected so we'll continue on with you coach while i try to get him back on um so fedor make his fight uh, did you watch any of the fights yesterday second round of the Jessica Rose Clark fight. Okay. And then I was locked in for the UFC event until there. Okay. Talking about that then, did you see Ricky Glenn uh, get that draw over uh, his opponent? I forgot. Uh, What's his name? Grant Dawson? Grant Dawson and Ricky Glenn, yeah. Yeah, so... So, um, Grant Dawson, the first two rounds was very reminiscent of kind of Andrew Sanchez versus who did Andrew Sanchez fight last week, uh, where he wrestled for two hard rounds and then the guy came back and won. Um, yeah, I know he's the Brazilian dude, right? Yeah. So Ricky Glenn in the third round though, comes back to such a point where Grant Dawson is almost out as the bell rings for the third round to close and Grant Dawson goes over to him. He's like, nah, he has to get up. He has to get up or else this fight's over. And Grant Dawson is so shell shocked that he has a hard time getting up. He does get up though, but oh, yeah. two judges score that round as a 10, eight. So it makes it a draw instead of a Grant Dawson win, which I think was fabulous by Rick Glenn. I think uh, he played the ultimate veteran move. It was almost like, I got to make this count because if he hadn't appointed it out, he would have just won that round. And if he wins that round, he loses the fight. So it's better to draw out versus to lose. And I thought it was masterful. He goes over and he's like, nah, he has to stand up. He, he yells it out to the ref. He yells it out to the judges. And this time around, the judges actually pay attention and they give him a 10-8, which I think it should be. I think it should have been a 10-8. I think it was very, very close. If nobody, if you don't mention it, and he was, he was kind of out. I mean, he was kind of out of it. I, he did recover, but 
still, it could have gone one way or another, and I'm glad he did, because if he hadn't, he wouldn't have come out with a draw. Uh, no, I didn't see that fight. Um, I didn't give the 10 but I'm very strict with my 10 So, it appears solid like you have to kind of give it. But I think, if you judge the fight as a whole, as 15 minutes, mm-hmm. one guy, there's no question he won at least 10 minutes of the fight. And there is no question that he was getting beaten up badly five minutes. So, I still gave it to Dawson, but in the end, I can't see how he would have given it to Glenn for the decision, or for the draw. But it kind of just balanced out in a way that it's still going to be an argument, but I have seen most people give that 10-8. So, I'm not going to be very salty about it. I gave it a 10-8. Um... Just because the end of the fight, I thought that, man, he was out. Like, he he was very much, like, at the very end where you, like, that line where you you lose your subconscious, he was at that line. Um, if it had, if he had kept it on there a little bit longer, he would have been out. And he let go whenever the bell rang. He could have even just held it on and made the ref, like, make him take it off. Because that's what I would have done. Um, just because it's like, Hey, if I can get him to go unconscious in like another two seconds that I hold on to a fucking choke, I'm going to get that win. You can't deny me a win after I put this man out. So I, I don't know. I, I scored a 10, eight, I score it two rounds for, uh, Dawson. And then that last round for Glenn as a 10, eight, I think it's, it's fair. Had it gone into the fourth, I don't know. But from what I saw, I thought it was fair. Um, did you guys catch the Alex Caceres fight versus Choi? Oh, I wish I did. Kevin. We'll start with you. Um, what was your highlight of the fight? Oh, just the comeback. Just the after after the savage ass day, just the comeback and uh, the way he went about it. It was uh, it, it, dude, it was beautiful. Uh, I feel like um, Caceres is more than worthy a top ten opponent now. You know he's a veteran of the game, five straight. Five straight. Troy is a bad motherfucker. He was very close to winning that fight, mind you. Yep. But it was it was. It was Caceres' uh, savviness and veteranness to move to the uh, left, kind of dodge choice straight on attack how he was approaching him, get behind his bag, get the body lock, and choke that fool out. It was it was it was beautiful to see because like you could even tell like when Caceres got need like a little like a couple moments afterwards like he was fucking hurt. He yep. was hurt. Yeah. Bad, like, and like that was the thing about Caceres. He has like kind of like that lazy drunk style, where it's just like he like kind of goes in to move the hip inside the pocket yeah. to kind of like get like a weird hook behind the ear. He he wasn't doing any of that shit. He was just like kind of like pawing mm-hmm. uh, pawing Choi off because Choi was just so militant and like steadfast yeah. in his approach. It was treading badly, but hey, man. God damn that that shit was beautiful as fuck. That was that was one of the that was uh, a highlight of the of all the MMA fights. 
Caceres getting that win, and the, and the way he did, it, it was good. Yeah. But yeah, my boy, uh, my boy needs a top fifteen fight, or else um, it's all for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Fuck yeah. Like fuck, fuck him finding another new hungry up and coming. You know, he's already did that. Give him, give him like like who's who's number like what's uh number eleven through fifteen at featherweight? If you can look it up, you know what I'm saying? Like we'll any of right those now. dudes would be his. All any of those dudes are sick fights, dude. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. like his, his style is so sellable, you know? Like, yeah. His, his name is Bruce Lee or like Yeah, I um I thought it was an amazing performance. He came back after a an illegal knee landed flush to his dome. And he came back and he submitted this boy. Like, bro, I was like, holy shit. Typically, whenever something like that happens, I'm very much of like a DQ because it, it as much as I don't want it to be, it's it, it. There's no way it does. It's not a detriment to this fight. If Alex Caceres does not get this submission win, we would be like, bro, what the fuck happened, right? We would all be saying that. Um, but with that being said, though. Jason Herzog, holy shit, caught it so immediately fast. I mean, even the the people with commentary booths, Brendan Fitzgerald, um, Michael Bisbing, Paul Felder, all of them didn't catch it right away. And Jason Herzog saw that shit live and paused it enough to be like, nah, you hit him straight on in the dome. We're going to call it a point. I completely agree with the point as well. Um, I just think it, it should be an automatic DQ because... At that point, it does affect the fight. Um, I'm looking up the featherweight rankings. Uh, Alex Caceres. I don't even see Alex Caceres. We're talking about featherweight, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He what? Well, he was ranked. He was ranked after his last win, but then they took him off. Uh, Ilya Taporia probably took his his place. Uh, okay. Bryce Mitchell looks good. Ilya Tapora looks good. I know oh, that. That's a heavy fight. That's a heavy fight. I don't see. That's the thing about. That's just like. Do you really want to put him against somebody like Taporia? It's just like. I know. I know because you end up. Coaches, do you think that he should fight a top fifteen ranked fighter after that performance? Do you? Did you see enough to kind of make an opinion on it? From what I've heard, he should have already been in the. Fifteen after going on a four point win streak anyway. Yeah. So no, you're right. Just along, like, you're right. You know, I, Alex Caceres is a gambler's nightmare. Yeah. Putting money down yeah. Money Yeah, smash that poor boy. He just dealt with an awkward situation so well. He landed that hammer fist straight onto the face of Ryan Hall and just took him out of there. Like, good for that. Laporia just has concrete hands. And I feel like if he catches Caceres off guard, which is how Caceres will normally be caught because yep. he fights so awkwardly. Mm-hmm. When you do, and you have a guy as calculated as Ilya, who is going to catch his movements at some point within 15 minutes, like not even a 
Mm. I don't think that's the right fight for Sarah's yet. I think he needs a proven ground. But so does Ilya. That makes and sense. And I mean, it, yeah. Aren't against each other. Because they're two guys that you want to build up because they're both extremely marketable. Like you already said, Sarah's the way he fights. And his name's Bruce Leroy. Who's not going to want to see him fight? Oh, yeah, you can build him up as this monster with concrete hands who's going to take no nonsense and knock you out. So give them a few more fights against different guys in the top 15 and let them build up. And if they both match each other later on, make it happen. That easy. I feel like, um, I feel like it should do it because, um, Tapura was, it's like, what, just like a couple fights in? And Caceres is just, been honest, he's a savvy vet, right? Yeah. You know, he's been in the UFC for what, like 10 years now? Something Tapura like that. Just, Holy shit. Tapura just kind of just showed up and like killed everybody. But with that being said, like with the catching him part, Ryan, uh, Ryan Hall was kind of just spamming the M&R role. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, it was just, it was like predictable. He know? was playing so, Dark Souls and got caught. Yeah, it was like, it was just like, it was, it was a very good approach. So as far as like skill for skill, it's just like, there's still some like kind of deep waters that Tapura hasn't been in. And I feel like Alex has been in them shits. Granted, he loses, you know, but he doesn't, he doesn't really lose as dominantly anymore. Like he hasn't lost in a while, but even in the fights where he's like kind of on the way down, he, he manages to like do some like. He makes the fight every time. Yeah, he makes it. He may, he gets it going. Because you so, have to really focus on. That's so the I feel like um, that would be a good test for honestly both of these gentlemen because it's a weird spot and you see they're very fragile. With the Caceres was ranked and then four kind of kicked them out and it, it should be like a test where it's just like, hey, do you want your spot back? Type shit, you know. Uh, I, I would love to see it, but hey, wherever it goes, yeah, I'm just, uh, I feel like I'm a, I'm a Bruce Leroy fan for, like, the long haul. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he He's a fun fighter. Um, you're right, he is a betting nightmare. I mean, Choi going into this was 3-1 to one to win, um, and Caceres looked so good. I was really, really impressed with his speed in this one, but he was getting caught. Uh, but yeah, to come back after that illegal knee and to then submit him in that same round, like I was very impressed. Lord knows I'm the biggest asshole to all the refs in the UFC most of the time, but Jason Herzog was on fucking point and I have to, you know, shout it out whenever it does happen just because I am that guy whenever they suck. So I got to sing their praises whenever they're actually good. Um, Leading off, what's that? The point being taken was perfect because Paolo knew what he was doing because he just got hurt. And you can see the way he threw, he threw like the okay sign in front of Marvin's face, expecting to hit his eye. So once he saw Herzog take that point, it was like, yeah, this guy isn't taking shit here. Yeah. It's going to be straight on, and you're not going to get one over on him. You're yeah. not going to get. Oh, I'm sorry, it was an accident for Lloyd Bolt, but it was an accident with me. Not going to have it. He knows. He's a good ref. He's probably the best ref in MMA right now because Herb Dean's been flipping. Yep. Yeah, Herb Dean's been 
not that great for the past like year and a half now. I don't know what's going on. It's he's just kind of been like, like I don't know, just off a little bit. Like I don't know, like things that he would have normally never done. Like that Brian Ortega fight was just so bad for him, where he was like, "Hey Brian, how many fingers do you see?" And Brian Ortega's like, "I see an ocean." Like what? What are you talking about, man? Like one or two. Yeah, no. It's a, it's very much uh, it's a heavy who wears the crown type situation because like he's uh he's been kind of considered the go-to guy for a while, and whenever he does slip up, it's just like an instant, just like kind of like 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 ants to honey type deal, and just like da 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 da, we get on him. And then, like, once it, it, like, happens, like, on the next pay-per-view or, like, the next one after that, it's like a, like a snowball effect. We started taking out You see, that's the thing. Yeah, it's like, confident in your own ability to make calls. It's just going to be... A, yeah, and then, and then they, they see the perception of them, and it's kind of, like, in their own head. That's why I kind of like seeing somebody like Keith Peterson make a good call, you know? Like, kind of how he was... Uh, did, did he ref this week or last week? I think he, he ref. Week. I think he ref this week and last. Or, okay, yeah. I think so. I do remember that? There was a Austin fight. Yeah, there. Oh yeah, it was the um, Sanchez fight, the Aldari Sanchez fight, where uh, Sanchez kicked him in the balls, yep. and then he was just like, "Yeah, I already warned you." Yep. <laughs> and then he just took, but he was like on his shit. All night, and it's just like you start to see. It's just like how, like, whenever one ref kind of gets like the bad end of the stick or whatever, call other refs kind of come through and like save the day. And Herzog was on point the whole fucking night. Yeah, he was. He killed it the whole night, and and like you could tell, he was like subtly. It wasn't like stern warnings, kind of like how Mark Smith would do it, you know. But it was definitely like. Cost the finger, and then he said it in Portuguese, and then he did it again, but yeah. more stern. And then w- whenever that fucking brutal poke happened, it's just like, no, nah. like I, I told you twice, man. You know, in Portuguese, yeah, that, like I broke yeah. it down to you in your language, like you know what, you know you understood me, like what the fuck? Yeah, no, but yeah, um, yeah, he killed it. I mean, Irv, dude, Irv still essentially, Irv still has to be the. Uh, he still has to be the president. Like he's not the Like he still has to be that guy. Because if he's not, then you know. Yeah. Then what the fuck are we gonna just like be like? Oh, well, Herzog was a shitty rep. Whenever he does make a back call, because we have to look at these dudes. Like, yeah, they're probably gonna get it every every time, most likely. But whenever they do, it's just like, it's like we have to understand because it is another human. Yeah, yeah, like this is real last time, you know. Yeah, and it's it's um, yeah, yeah. high adrenaline, like you're stuck in a cage with two dudes beating each other up your in charge of it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, especially especially like, like, could you imagine like Keith Peterson between fucking this championship fight between Donnie and fucking? That would be so sick to see. I remember <laughs> he he refed like a light heavyweight match, and I was like. We're really gonna like let this happen, and dude, I, I forgot who it was. I was like, "Damn, bro!" Like he is outmatched like six to one right now. Like 
if he wanted to stop this, could he really? Um, yeah. But, dude, Keith Peterson, nothing but respect. I, I mean, anybody that does that job, it's very easy to be, uh, you know, to be a, in attack mode with refs, but you're also playing Monday morning quarterback. Like, you – you you're not there live. You, you're not in that position. It's very easy because you have a camera at all the different angles. But this is live. It's it's completely different. So I'm still gonna be a fucking prick about it though. Like if they get a bad call, they get a fucking bad call. Um, but no. Nah. But also whenever they're doing a good job, dude, it's it's the most thankless job in MMA, I think, and the hardest one at that. And I felt like I really needed to sing his praises. But speaking about yeah, praises, quick, go ahead, coach. Before you go on, I 100% think, you know how in EFL they have the referee body cams? Mm-hmm. Why is that not in the UFC? I don't know. Why? There's Are so many the things UFC? that should be in the UFC. If it makes too much sense, it just doesn't happen. I mean, they should get new gloves. They should get new. They should have open scoring. They should have more cameras. If I'm the UFC, I don't know why you don't have a camera and charge for a virtual subscription because then you could be there like in VR. Imagine you're a ref in VR to watch a fight live. Like, I would pay $60 for that. Um, but yeah, if it makes too much sense, the UFC ain't got to do it. And like and like you have to keep in mind they these you still have to keep it primal as fuck. They have to be like this is how like like twenty years from now, like when like the sport is huge, right? When like people are like fighting aliens now type shit. Like it's still gonna be the same shit gloves. It's still gonna be the same no scoring. It's still and, and it, cause like at that point they have to like live up to kind of the brutality and the nature of the sport and shit. Yeah. So if it's if it's yeah like I said if it's just if it if it's too uh kind of easy going and I'm not not saying like if we shouldn't like get better gloves we shouldn't fucking do open scoring but if it's too kind of convenient for the fighter and for like it to be played up as a game you know it, it, I'm pretty sure you're just gonna be like fuck that you're here to fight you know <laughs> and which 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 I get but also it's just like. Open scoring would kind of be the shit. It's like, but it's like a weird trade-off, right? It's like, uh, it could be the shit because you could see like a fighter really like go all out if they know they're losing going into the third. But it, the trade-off also is like it could be lame if we see like just like the one fighter winning just play defensively the whole time, kind of getting away of every exchange. So it, I feel like when the UFC looks at that, they're like kind of like thinking it's just like. A lot of these fighters are probably just going to play it safe, you know? So they're probably going to know, like, this dude's going to come and attack me type shit. Yeah. And I, and I feel like the UFC is just like, let's just not do that. Let's not leave it up to chance and let's just let the nature of the fight take its toll wherever it goes, you know? Because at that point, that you're, you're kind of like, you're kind of just like telling people what to know instead of like leaving it up to us to be like no if this dude's winning you know i feel like he's winning i don't need some fucking you know i yeah. feel like he's winning now it's the other guy and so at that point you could have the more uh personal um 
feel for the fight instead of just like people telling you that's how the fight went because of this and that. So to me, I open scoring makes sense, but I, I feel like I have to like kind of like side with the UFC and their conservatism of where it's at. We shouldn't do it. We shouldn't do it. We uh we shouldn't get better gloves because then if we get gloves that cave in, eye pokes can't become a thing. And if eye pokes can't become a thing, so hear me out, you can't get points taken off. Which in a sense no. is a part of the game. No, you should you should try oh, to course. avoid it though. I feel like I mean, that is true, but why do you think Paulo, in a sense, it seemed like that was kind of like a mind game of Paulo whenever he did poke Marvin's eye. I'm pretty sure Paulo went in there intentionally to poke this fucking dude's eye. I'm sure, yeah. Always, I'm, he was always had his fingers out, and it's like just like a weird mind game of, of like, just oh. like, when you see just like a fighter with their fingers out, it's just like, well, I'm not even going to come in because this fucking dude's fingers are out and shit. And, and, I'm not, I'm not accusing Paul of anything, but I'm just saying it's just like there is those those subtleties that do get in the way of like the true nature of the fight, and I'm saying, and I know it's all it's all good for the fight, but it, it, it the trade off is just we we won't get just that brutality, you know. And I feel like yeah, dude, I feel like curve gloves get in the way of that. Open scoring gets in the way of that. You know what I'm saying? Even to fighter pay, it kind of gets in the way of that nature that the UFC is trying to achieve every time they put on a show. Like a savage. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's just like you want a better pay, go earn it, you know. Mm. I mean, and, 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 it's, and it's it's just like it's hard to say because like you, you, being a fan and like doing this shit for years, you feel for these people, you know, because mm-hmm. like you, these are people <laughs> at mm. the end of the day. But that's just the fucking game, you know. It's just a herb business. It's it's more than physical, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's an emotional thing. Yeah. And, but that's I I think that's what makes it beautiful, and that's why these topics will forever be discussed, and hopefully for the next decades to come. Because then, if if shit does change, it, it'll become like the NFL, you know. It's just like where every brutal tackle is flagged, you know. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even fucking watch football anymore, only because it's just, like, it's just so different. Yeah. Like, from what football was happening when I was, like, a kid, you know? It's just, like, you say you sack the you sack the quarterback and you get flagged. It's just, like, what are we supposed to fucking sack you do anymore? And, yeah, I just don't want the UFC. I mean, me and Andy, we've had this conversation countless times. But I, I think that's the thing, too. It's just, like, <laughs> we should want to continue to have this conversation. Yeah decades later because it's just a part of it it's a part of the sport that really is not sport you know it's that's a fucking right. fight yeah. that's right but that's 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 my two cents I know I'm gonna be like oh, I need to but yeah <laughs> so, I mean, I'm yeah. gonna have to jump in on the love side of it because if you remember it was 2018 remember Whitman went on Joe Rogan podcast with Justin Gaethje Whoever has his gloves with him, yeah, those gloves, and they look the exact same. They just had a different type of pattern, so hand breaks were less likely. And there was a few more pros, and there 
was like maybe zero cons and he said he brought it to Dana Dana said hey let me buy it for 50,000 and Trevor said no this is my invention you're not going to take this like they're a billion dollar company yeah so UFC refused to buy it unless they could own it like they wouldn't use it unless they could own it mm-hmm. and they were proven to be better gloves they were proven to be safer riders because how many times have you seen a dude break his hand like happens maybe once every two weeks and oftentimes it'll happen twice or something and in the same fight like you remember Wonderboy yeah when he fought on gay like he just broke his hands from punching the dude in the face and that's not saying Wonderboy has soft hands okay has a hard head those were kind of shitty. Those mm. were probably very shitty on the podcast. And even once you go back to when they did have the curve flow, they didn't really affect anything. Like everyone looks back at Pride and is like, yes, why don't we have this every week? Because the UFC can sometimes be met. Like, we're only talking about Pasta and Vittori didn't happen. We'd probably not be talking about much. Probably already be finished. So like once you look at they already had curved gloves. Curved gloves were already proven to be good. And there was still great grappling in Pride like you see Nick Diaz, I think he pulled off an unreal triangle choke and everything. So it was still beneficial. And when did you see someone get poked in the eye in Pride? Yeah. Especially when it comes to fighter safety, you don't want a guy out for however many months it's going to take to be broken, and then a few broken fingers, maybe a broken wrist and a broken arm. Yeah, there's a lot of injuries that come from I already broke my hand, but I have no choice but to throw one here. Oh no, I broke my two fingers and it dislocated my wrist. I know. And a broken hand uh, in, a, in an MMA fight is like is essentially like a broken nose too. It's like it's the same amount of damage that it yeah. could take yeah. or impact. But it's like a it's like a easily that's it. Yeah, no, you are right. Yeah, like uh, it, it it sucks, but I mean, it just seems like that's also just a part. It's just like if your hands broken, your hands broken, you know. Yeah, um, you remember your right favor. I think he did have a fight where he broke both of his hands and I think he dislocated his thumbs and he just his hand really bad. And that was in like the first round of a five round fight. Jesus. So he was just Jesus. throwing elbows and kicks for the whole fight and you could tell there was something wrong. You were like, this is a fight, why is this guy not throwing punches? Because <laughs> like, he has two broken uh, his thumbs. Holy shit. I don't know. I don't even remember that. He took the gloves off after. I think it's on YouTube somewhere. You can see him take the gloves off on the steps of the cage after. And you can see balloons where his gloves were. His hands were bigger than the gloves. He had to, like, he had no choice but to throw a few punches. Like, once you're throwing a punch, you can't just throw it to, oh, I'm going to throw a punch. Please don't hurt me. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, (laughs) throw everything into a punch when when you're fighting someone in a cage. So, like, I think Faber was out for, like, a year and a half after that. 
Yeah. I don't remember. I can't recall. It's been a minute since oh, it's WEC days. Yeah. No. I mean, this is yeah, the same thing happened. Yeah, the same, the same thing happened in uh, the Whitaker uh, Romero fight. Whitaker broke his hand. Yep. And then the coaches, and Whitaker told them, it was just like, I think my hand's fucked. And then during the round, the coaches were noticing, it's just like, oh, God, this guy isn't throwing. And they had to yell out, just throw away. Just like, oh, God. Like, God. They, like they, they know that their fire has an injured hand, but they're like, dude, if this dude just has his shit down the whole time, fucking Yolk can explode at his own. Yeah, if he realizes your hand is broken and you're not going to throw it, that's yeah. game over. And, like, at that point, it was, like, it was essentially, like, a just a safety precaution. It was just, like, <laughs> you just, <laughs> just for your own safety, just fucking yeah. fake it. Fake it till you make it until the end, bro, because he will knock you the fuck out. Um, we have been talking MMA for an hour. Let's wrap it up for everybody at home. First, we'll do... Uh, we'll do one more subject per guest. Coach, let's start with you. Um, was there any fight that you wanted to talk about leading off? Is there any fight that you want to talk about next week? We have UFC 267 free for most people. Sorry for anybody who has to pay for that because in America, we ain't got to. Um, on streaming sites, we ain't got to. <laughs> um, yeah. Who... Who are you looking forward to? Who did we not talk about this week? Oh, man, Jan and Glover. Definitely. Like, I know Corey and Jan is on that. Jan and Glover. Also, uh, Hamza and Lee. That's going to be awesome. I think Lee is going to be the biggest test. No disrespect to CM3, but he got absolutely off the floor with like one punch knockout. He didn't even throw. Yep. Got backed up into a fence and obliterated. So it's going to be interesting because we already saw with Cody Garbrandt after he had COVID and I know they both had it kind of serious. And Hamzat was out for two four months. Well, I'm um, not sure. Something like that. that was COVID. And that was only this year like he was scheduled to fight in December. And then that got pushed back to January and then it got pushed back to March and then it just got postponed and now he's fighting in October. Mm. Oh, the only problem that I have is that I'm not going to be able to watch it. Oof. I'm going to be in Italy on my holiday, having a great time. Oh, shit. And the press that I'm not going to be able to watch one mm. of the best cards of the year. Ah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. that's fair play, though. But then we also have UFC 268 the week after, so... You're not hurting too bad. We're not hurting oh. too bad, guys. Let's be oh, real. Yes. We're not hurting too bad. All right, Kevin. What fight are you looking forward to the most? Uh, or what fight did we not talk about this week? There's plenty of good fucking fights that we did not get into, but also, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I just said the Caceres moment was just the highlight of this week, really. Marvin, Marvin turning into a baby face was cool. That was cool to see. I've always respected yeah, Marvin. Cool yeah, but, like, he was just always kind of doucher about it, Bob. <laughs> yeah, we always like, looked at Marvin like, oh, this dude's just kind of annoying and mean, but now he's like, oh, yeah, I don't yeah. mind this dude's just a shithouse, and he
Yeah, yeah, because you see why he's a douche now. It's just like he's like in a savage ass sport, and like it, I just saw. Uh, I really, when you look at his career and, and like kind of like retrospectively have some insight to it, it's just like, hey man, Izzy couldn't get that dude out of it. Nobody could. Marvin has an iron chin, and he, the reason the way he was is because he really believes that shit. He really believes he's the best, and this fight did prove it. Regardless of the weight thing, Marvin is. Marvin is fucking, he's down, dude. He's a yeah. down dude, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's the shit. Uh, but as far as the fight going in, yeah, uh, Cosmon, dude, I, I, I'm choo-choo. I'm yep. on that train. And I do think his shit is serious. I, I don't think it's all fluff. Because we did see the work. We did see how he uses essentially his striking just to get to a takedown. And we're like, we just see how down it is this dude is granted the people that he's fought aren't in the ufc anymore uh except for gm3 but look at how fucking good gm3's been ever since that knockout loss that's he's true submission after submission and that to me really just it is a testament to where cosma is and his strength and it, it really just in all realms of mma and i'm just excited to see him get put to test against like a against a very good dude in uh lee um, but hey, man. Uh, as far as the championship is concerned, uh, for next week, I, I got I got Yan, and I got I would love to see Glover get it, but I I think I have Piotr Yan and I have uh, Jan Blockowitz. I got the I got the European yeah, boys. Yeah, I got the European taking over. Uh, hey, I love it. Uh, Lee Jingliang is no joke. And if Hamzat Jemayev goes out there and actually does the damn thing against Li Jingliang, who the leech is, oh, he is a big fucking problem. So if if Hamzat needed to prove it, that's how he's going to prove it: beating Li Jingliang. Um, Especially after COVID, like you look at what that is, body. Yeah, body completely gassed out. It is a respiratory disease and. And that's not known for long distances. Yeah. Um, we'll see, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm I, on the train, too. I want him to win just because the UFC needs a new star now. And Sean O'Malley, I don't think it's going to be it. Um, Sean O'Malley is big now, but he won't be a champion, I don't think. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, I don't hey, think they'll ever be Let's see. Let's see. Fucking, fucking. Pilot is fucking. He's alright, dude. But I just feel like, yeah, they're just doing these weird setup shots to, like, like kind of, like, get him to the title. And it's it's just annoying to see. Pilot is fucking. He's alright. Is he good or is he not? Yeah, I think Paiva is gonna is gonna take Sean O'Malley down to the ground and really put his jujitsu to the test. I think Paiva can also take a shot. Uh, remember, he was fighting at uh, one twenty five, moved up to one thirty five. He almost got finished in that Kyler uh, that Kyler Phillips fight. But also, yeah. Kyler Phillips, look at how good he looked going into that fight. Um, Paiva is one of those. This is gonna be another lose lose for Sean O'Malley. 
if he even if he wins, because nobody knows Paiva like that, so it's kind of like this unknown dude to casuals. Um, we'll see how it goes, though. I'm very looking forward to see how that actually plays out. Because after this, if Sean wins, he's kind of undeniable. You have to feed him numbered opponents one way, shape, or form. Uh, for me next week, uh, man, I'm looking forward to Piotr Jan against Corey Sanhagen. That has Fight of the Year written all over it. Corey Sanhagen, I mean... Just in the sheer level of fights that he's provided for us. I mean, that TJ Dillashaw fight. Uh, I agree with the decision. I think TJ won. But also, it doesn't matter. It was really fucking close. And it was a damn good fight. Such a good fucking fight. And for him to go off of that and come back and fight Piotr Jan on short notice because somebody else fell out. <sighs> fucking props to Corey Sanhagen. Nothing but hard fucking fights for him. Um, that's going to be the one that has the most intrigue for me, just because it is the weirdest one out of the bunch. Both people coming off of a loss, one way, shape, or form, getting an interim title shot. Uh, it's going to be curious to see. Uh, I want Glover to win against John Blachowicz. Does he do it? I don't know. Uh, we also have yeah. Islam versus Hooker. Which that one's gonna be very fucking entertaining, even though that one's a toss up. I really, Islam Makhachev has not fought anybody in the top 10, yet somehow he's fighting Dan Hooker on short notice. And he has the one, he, he's like three to one right now against Hooker, which is fair. But I mean, Hooker is a top ranked opponent. Like, this is really gonna test Islam's medal. So we'll see how it goes. I just don't buy into the Islam train as much as a lot of other people do. Um, it's the mentality. That's that's like uh, you know how like for me was just like I uh, smashed everybody uh, uh, a sem location type shit. Yeah, that's the thing that's like kind of missing with with Islam. It's just like we see the talent there, right? It's just like it's just like his like it, we I I don't see the animal. In yeah, him, yeah. And like and honestly, like I would do I I I like how the fight plays out would be sick. But I'd honestly just love to see uh, Hogan kind of knock this fool out, you know, just yeah. put everybody on their head. Yeah, just to feel like, just because, like, just a regard, it's just like, because there, there is kind of something missing with Islam, you know? It's just like, he, he doesn't have that that um, that aura of undefeated, right? It, it was kind of taken from him when he got knocked out. But he's still a dangerous player, right? And a lot of people hold him high in regards to that. But as far as, like, being a champion, I just feel like if Islam were to become a champion, we'd see one of the one of the premier divisions of the UFC kind of go stagnant, you know. And uh, I'm not I'm not saying uh, we, we can't appreciate how deep the division is anymore. If he does, but to me, I just it just seems like it, it's gonna be one of those things where it's like. It's like a long, enduring reign, you know. Uh, unlike somebody like Khabib, where it was like his reign was long and there was a few fights in between, but every fight was just kind of like monumental, you know what I'm saying? And I, I think with Islam, it's just, it's not there really. And I don't know if it will be. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah. Oh, no, uh, you're right. I just don't see that kind of switch to killer. 
Um, I yeah. see the talent. I see. I mean, he's amazing. That's, but it's almost like he's borrowing Khabib's persona. Like you can't. You got to do your own thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I don't know. There's lots of implications. Lots of really fun fights. Uh, leading off into that. Uh, that is it for the show. But there was one announcement that I didn't want to make place. We didn't get quite to one thousand. I think we were one people short, two people short. But I went ahead and started a Substack. There are two other announcements once we turn to 1K. But for right now, Substack for Andy Romero is up and running. I'm going to be putting up three articles a week. Uh, this week was just an introductory article. It is free. Um, I think it's by invite only. So I'll put the invite out there for whoever wants to see it. But yeah, while you're taking a shit, read up on some MMA. It'll be funny. I say curse words, make you laugh, make you giggle, all those little things, and we talk about MMA. Um, yeah, thank you for joining me. Thank you, coaches, for coming on. Thank you, Kevin, for coming on as well. It was fun chatting up with you. We've been here for an hour and a half. Got to let everybody go. Um, as always, invest in your mental health and also... Fuck you, John Jones.